0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice.
1: Hey everyone, Glenn James here and... John Pigeon, And we are just jumping on this Soup September. There's been some chatter in the Facebook group. People are saying, hey, I'm self-employed or hey, I've got a side hustle. Should I be contributing super?
2: Mm. Uh,
1: And if I should, when should I? Because it is not mandated by law that you are to pay super if you're not an employee. Now, we will get to that. But a while ago, I did do a bit of a survey with the Facebook group about self-employed people just to get a bit of a sense and a pulse check because we do want to, you know, help people who are self-employed or maybe want to be self-employed. And I've got some of the stats here. Forty-seven percent of the respondents said I have a side hustle or after-hours gig. So almost half of the respondents. Twenty-six percent said full-time self-employed. You know, as a sole trader or partner, or whatever. Thirteen said I'm planning on starting my own business. And eleven percent said I'm full-time self-employed in a company structure or a trust setup, so incorporated and there were some other little rats and mice there, 62% of respondents were female, 35% were male, and 1% was non-binary slash gender diverse. I asked what your gross turnover is before any expenses, salaries, and tax. Uh, 54% said under 50K, which kind of makes sense, John, when you know half of the respondents just had a side hustle anyway. So right. if you're pumping over 50K a year, as your side hustle, might be time to turn that up and not Yeah, double that down. 14% said 50 to 80K. 12% said 80 to 120K. 4% said 150 to 200. And then, you know, 2% had a million dollar turnover and there's just some other numbers there. So, I guess the lion's share is, you know, between 50 and 120K. So, mm. good amount of self-employed people in the group.
2: Good to see the female side of it hustling. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. 71% didn't have any staff. Uh, 10% said they use contractors when and as required. 8% just uh, themselves or their partner. 5% had one to three employees. And uh, there was a couple of respondents there that had over 20 employees. So again, diverse range of self-employed people. And just use this episode as encouragement if you are going to start your own business one day. And this was interesting, John. uh, I asked what your main vibe is. Uh, 30% said they provide a service either online or they go to a customer. Uh, 22% said they provide a service but at a physical location. So I'm thinking maybe a hairdressing salon or a home brew shop or something like that. Although that's probably more of a product. And 13% sell a product online. And 5% said they're in allied health and medical. So... Again, big variety, 41% said one to three years in business, uh, 33% said within 12 months and yeah, I think it's a good mix and yeah. yeah, I just want to encourage anyone to keep at it and you know what John, 62% of people because I asked what are your top three challenges, 62% of people said growth, 47 said, you know, actually getting new clients mm. uh, because – Growth doesn't always need new clients, does it? Yeah. It could be how do we tweak the business inside or provide other services.
2: Yeah, and I would say, just personal opinion, if I was starting out, I would be making my business as transient as possible, being able to run it from Bali or broom or… Yeah.
1: Location neutral, I believe the word is.
2: Yeah, but also the, in, in what you can provide to them. Like, can, can anyone in Australia purchase your product or your service can can anyone overseas do that Um, you don't have to think as far and wide as that but is it sustainable no matter where you live no matter what hours you work and and can anyone replace you in that business as well
1: hey how's this i was thinking you know this covid chat storm right and particularly in melbourne like If they keep that lockdown going, like there is going to be a huge disruption and people legitimately going out of business and blah, Mm. blah, blah. So we know it's a shat storm and our heart goes out to those who are in our community who might not survive, you know, financially or have to shut up shop. Yeah. But I believe if you've got your ducks lined up and you're ready to go, this could be the best chance and the best shot ever at starting a new business.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Because... When pandemics happen, not that we've had many, but (laughs) when there's a depression, when there's a a downturn, a recession, um, all that stuff, it basically can be a big reset button.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people are showing fear through these times, aren't they? Mm. The the old Warren Buffett philosophy of when, when others show fear, I show courage.
1: Yeah, so... That's For what that's worth, uh, that's my two cents on it. If you are going to start a business or really want to expand, mm. I think if you are certain that you can get the work and double down, it yeah. could be a good time to, um, to pull the trigger. Totes. Now, we are in sub-September and thank you for everyone for being part of this. We're recording this on the 9th of the 9th uh, and it will go up on the 10th and we're in my lounge room because the studio is getting fixed and we forgot to record this, so I called John in. Now, super for self-employed. I wrote this down before you got here, John, and I trust you'll agree with me. There's basically three broad categories of this, quote-unquote, self-employed, and we'll talk about them and the considerations to paying into super. The first one is uh, you're a sole trader slash contractor and you've got a service-based business, so, it could be that you're a tradesperson, for example, okay? And you've got a public trading name. So, it could be John's Plumbing, Proprietary Limited, or it could be uh, you've got a bookkeeping business, you know, John's Bookkeeping or Mary's Bookkeeping, Mary's Plumbing, whatever the name is. Uh, so, I think – and you've so, you've got the public trading name, but it's just you as a self-employed person. Yep. The second category – I think he's kind of that still the same sole trader slash contractor, but you're a medical doctor, you're a physio, you're a hairdresser that might rent a chair or, you know, you don't really have a public name. Mm. So you tuck into another business and you're self-employed within that. And I think the third one is you're a sole trader or you set up as a company or incorporated and the business has that shop front, it has the presence, it might have employees. Mm. Would you say that's a fair, broad, broad brushstroke of the three main yeah. things?
2: There's maybe a fourth but it's not as common and that is your your business owner that's essentially not involved in the system. They're simply – they're an investor within the business. Yes. Mm. And, and it's a systemized business, business where they don't need to show up.
1: Mm. And I guess as well there's probably a fourth one well, there's probably many but, um, you know, online only. So, you're just yeah. selling digital products. Yeah, You run a podcast called yeah. My Millennial Property.
2: <laughs> In all those examples though, other than the systemized business, you're still trading your time for money.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, do you have any broad uh, comments about self-employed and paying yourself super? Yeah. And, and this is just a little bonus uh campfire chat
0: yes and
1: we won't take up too much of your time today people uh but what are your initial comments around this john
2: uh my initial comments would be if we're starting out if it's a side hustle i would generally say don't worry about super for the minute or the next hour or day or week or year yeah if, if it's now a fully blown business where you've replaced your income from your day job, whatever that may be, and it's now your business and that's your sole income or your major income, the goal is to get to the stage where you can pay yourself your 9.5%, soon to be 12%, somewhere in the distance. That may not be for another two or three years, but make sure that you're you're cash heavy in your business and and not just contributing to super for the sake of saying, well, I should be contributing to super but I'm running my business lean and not being able to grow it because I'm putting cash into super. Yeah. That's my two cents.
1: Yeah. Yours? My two cents, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, if you are just starting out and you are building your business, and this is kind of where the three categories coming. I'll start with the easy one. If you're an allied health professional, you're a physio, you're an OT, and you're happy just to contract to the clinic, get your 100 grand, get your 80 grand, get your 60 grand, whatever it is, and it's basically like a JOB, you go in and you go out and you might have one or two clients, you might do Tuesdays over there, Thursdays there, or if you're a hairdresser and you rent two chairs uh, in different parts of town or whatever, uh, I think. Almost instantly, you would want to consider super from day one mm-hmm. because at the time, you don't really have any plans to have your own doctor's clinic. You don't have your own yeah. plans to have your own medical clinic or you know, beautician parlor or, or whatever that is. Mm. If you're actually just... Because a lot of people aren't cut out for self-employed and a lot of people don't want to be. Nah. So if you're just contracting, my vibe is, yeah, day one, really go, you know what? I'm just going to do the 10%. Mm. each fortnight or every time I get paid, throw 10% in uh, and get on with your life. Yep. Because if you were employed by that clinic or by that salon or by that whatever, yeah. you'd be doing that anyway.
2: Yeah. So what you're saying, that example is, because, because of my structure and the way I get paid, it's uh, it's it's now my decision whether I contribute to super or not, isn't it? Yeah. The, the role's still the same. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The other one, so... You know, I'm, I've am i got friends that are tradies. You know, I've got more friends that are tradies than more friends that are, um, you know, bookkeepers, for example. Uh, the typical situation where you might be that bookkeeper or you might be that marketing consultant and you've got different clients. So, you're self-employed and you're trading as, you know, uh, Helen's hotcakes or I don't know. I'm just <laughs> making up whatever that is. Yes. And you've gone, I want to build a business out of this. I want to down the track, have staff. I want to down the track, have a shop front. Down the track, I want to start to remove me from the process. Mm. I would, like you mentioned a couple of years, what I did when I started my business, I didn't pay myself any super because for me, it was a matter of, oh, do I want to pay rent this week or do I want to pay myself super? It was pretty clear, Yeah, but- I knew that what I was building had legs and it was just a matter of time. Yeah. And I would probably hypothesize as well within that first three years because they say 75% of small businesses don't last that three to five years, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not getting past, like you want to be around in three years to be around in the next three years, right? You so how
2: to pay yourself super. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. So I think you really need to go take pressure off yourself and go, you know what, probably don't. You know, if it is lean to start with, I'm not going to stress to pay super when I can I've got to put food on my table. Yeah. But I really think after that three years or whatever time suits you, I wouldn't do five years. Yeah. Uh I would really say, look, um, I probably need to now start paying myself super. Mm. So that's that. In the term in the third type of broad company or self employed setup where you might have a company or trust, you might have staff based on your own advice from your accountants or planning professionals, if you're an employee of your own company, you have to pay yourself super anyway. So it's more of a question, hey, yeah, we're all employees here. Yes, I own the business, but I'm drawing 60 grand or I'm drawing 80 grand a year. Sure. There will be a a 9.5% legally that has to get paid to you regardless. Now profit when you take home, that's kind of another story about, well, how are we building wealth for the future?
2: Yeah. He might decide to contribute a bit more over and above your 9.5 totally. as well. So
1: yeah. I think the whole super thing when self-employed, it needs to be thought about and you need to take it seriously. Mm. Uh, and the, I guess what I would suggest that you consider, and I used to do this um, – You know, when I've recently just kind of changed and started the podcast company, it's kind of come off a little bit. But when I had the other business, every fortnight, I would just set a a manual payment into the super fund via BPAY. So, I don't miss it. And I think a lot of you with money, like we know when we set things up automated and set up spending plans, you just don't miss the money. No. And if it is a target, it's like, well... I need to I want to target 10%, so I want to target 6 grand a year into my super fund. Mm. Well, we need to cut that back over a fortnightly basis or whatever that is in your world and start chipping in because what usually happens is at the end of the year it's end of June, oh I should put some money in super one because I want to build for retirement, two because I like the tax efficiency of you know future wealth creation. Oh crap! I don't have a spare ten grand because I spent it.
2: Yeah, and and if we reverse the truck a little bit, when you discuss that uh, doctor or plumber or whoever was it was is working as a subcontractor. The hours they're working in the amount you're paid the same. It's just the structure that's different, right? Very easy to say, well, no, I'm not going to contribute to super and that 9.5% that would have been paid just get absorbed into life instead of having the discipline to put it uh, into yeah. supers. And, and
1: that kind of, John, leads into, you know, I kind of had four considerations for why we might look at super. And again, a good target Is that 10% what the government mandate, if you were employed or 9.5, but hey, round me up to 10%, sue me, you know what I mean? Like, you know, more money saved isn't a bad thing, people. Uh, But what it could be is, yeah, I am starting up my business. I'm going to start at 5% every month over the next year. Oh, it's the 15th of June do a bit of of end-of-year tax planning with the accountant. Oh, I've got some money left aside. I'll throw another three grand in or whatever that is. So you've always got options. And generally what you would do as a self-employed person, if it's not an employee of your own company, it would be a personal contribution throughout the year. Mm. And then at the end of the year, you'd fill out a declaration, send that to your super fund and tell the super fund to take the tax off the money that's gone in, the 15% contributions tax, And then that money that's gone in, you would tell your accountant to claim as an expense. Mm. So the superannuation contribution when self-employed or even if you're not self-employed for that matter now is tax deductible. Mm. So the broad considerations that you would look at using super is number one, tax, okay? Uh, In my life, I've got money left over each year. I don't need it right now. I've met all my living expenses and current goals. I need to build wealth for the future. The question is... Do I want to, want to pay 15% tax on this money this year or my marginal tax rate that could be 20 or 30%? Mm.
2: And how liquid do you want to keep yeah. your
1: life? So number one, it's a tax play. Number two, and this is a trap for a lot of small business owners, uh, it's the retirement spreading eggs out of the business. So a lot of us business owners, we build a business, it's worth money, but we need to start getting money out of the business. So if the shat hits the fan in 30 years and your business no longer exists because, you know, you're a, you're a coal company or something like yeah. that and you don't have it like you just have to diversify and get the eggs out of your business, okay? Uh, the third consideration, I think it's um, a lot of the times self-employed people, the proclivity is I'm self-employed, I'll buy an investment property. I'm self-employed, I'll buy a building to rent out of yeah. or whatever okay yeah. i think it's good to have an alternate asset class to have a super fund with shares in it
2: mm.
1: so your default run-of-the-mill super fund is invested in shares and i really think the fourth consideration for doing this is if you're drip feeding it monthly and hey you might think and oh i don't have 500 a month or, i don't have 300 a month Pick $50 a month. Just get starting yeah, because something. it's out of sight, out of mind yeah. and we've got to do the future you a favor today. And I don't want to get all philosophical on you, John, but I will.
2: Yeah,
1: of course. So I, we look back, right, you know, five years ago, right? You look at John that was five years ago. Yes, It's like, what, 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 what should I have done five years ago for John of today? That, that's history back then, right?
2: Mm.
1: Technically, right now... We are living in our future selves' history. Mm. So, how can we game the system? Like it's a bit of a mind wolf, isn't it? Like,
2: yeah, well, it's, it's it's goal and habit setting, isn't it? Well, it's, it's that, like, well, yeah, we're we're running away from what we don't want, and we're running towards what we do want. And I think if you if you haven't got that forecasting ability, you look back in the rear vision for five minutes, but then going forward, what do you what does your five year version of you want to look like? And what would you be comfortable with?
1: And that's that dance. Like I used to say all the time, like it's one eye on today, one eye on the now, one eye on the future. Mm. So we have to go absolutely need to pay rent. Absolutely I need to save for a house deposit. And as well, that could be if if you're self-employed and you're disciplined and you are that sparky or the bookkeeper or whatever trade or job that you've got, the marketing consultant, the social media consultant – you might be very strategic if you discipline and say, well, I'm just going to pump my house deposit, get that first rock done in my life, then I'll start paying super. Because technically that money put into a house, it's not getting eaten at a freaking restaurant. It's not getting consumed.
2: No. No, it's going to your future. Wealth. It's
1: going into your future. So you do have that flexibility there. So mm. I, I don't know if I would sacrifice um, and... Don't excuse the pun because I like a pun, but I don't think I would sacrifice super (laughs) to save for a holiday. But if I'm sacrificing paying my super to build my investment property or build my principal place of residence Mm. or investment property, either way we've cut it, we're taking that money – and putting it for our future.
2: Yeah, and it's just those wealth magnets in our life and super is just one of those, isn't it? Well,
1: it's just a a tax structure. Mm. And like a lot of people go, oh, I don't have any – like I don't know how many times, John, that – I had clients, that would come in, they're like 60 years old. Mm. Oh, I don't have any bloody super, I've worked. It's like, mate, you've got two investment properties and one of them's paid off.
2: Yeah, and that, that's, um, I know this Hello. is super, super <laughs> September and we're all pro super, which we obviously are, but it is only one magnet. And if don't be too stressed if you've got three investment properties, 100 grand's worth of shares and only 20 grand in super.
1: Yeah. And I think before we're pro super, John, we're pro investing for the future. Yes. And if that means we do it in this tax structure, awesome. If that means we do it with the property or shares, um, it's just that we need to live on less than we earn today hmm. and do ourselves a favor for tomorrow.
2: Pay down mortgage, increase cash flow, decrease tax, increased assets. Doesn't get more complicated than those four.
1: I know, but it's so bloody hard sometimes. Is but that because we get sucked up in the consumerism and...
2: Yeah, well, I think the, the own home debt is the maybe the issue mm. of people wanting to upgrade or renovate or buy toys and all that sort of thing that consumes our life. You know
1: what's a trap for the small business owner? And I'm so guilty of this. Mm. Uh, but I guess I'm fortunate enough to be able to do it. But I do need to watch myself. Like that podcast recorder there, right? Mm. It's a $1,600 podcast recorder, right? Wow.
2: And you've got it sitting on five books that could fall at any rate. Yeah, minute.
1: but so what I'm saying is I've got a cheaper one that was uh, $500. Mm. So, you know, three times the price, didn't need it, but I oh, a yeah, business buys it, bit of fun, yeah. better tool. So as a business owner, we need to really watch – this stuff. I mean, anyone who comes to the studio
2: or you do. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well. You know I do this podcast for my own encouragement, right? (laughs) Like I've got two Lumix cameras. I probably don't need them. And I'm telling John to buy one. Selling one to me. I know. Well maybe you could need a
2: brand new one. Well
1: maybe you could. You've just got to get a lens. Yeah. I've actually got a power supply for you though. So yeah. Yes we can buy toys for the business. We can like I've got bloody uh, MacBook Pro i got service <laughs> Laptops i got freaking servers goes, I've got all this crap Because the business I've used it for the purpose of a business At time to time Yeah But I don't know if it's needed So In my life I've had to really be aware of that But make sure I'm still contributing mm. uh, Money To my super for my future
2: Maybe you need a CFO To just look over things That would be the goal but I don't want to pay them at the moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i just keep buying toys instead. That's right. Yeah so. yeah.
1: so there you have it, everyone. So we haven't really talked about uh, any of the real dollar terms, but as a real guide, you know, the government state 9.5% super. I'd imagine if you're self-employed, you might just go, oh, let's loosely look at 10% of drawings. Yeah. Now, just as an example, if you're self-employed business, um, you're a bookkeeper and you earned 100 grand from collecting client fees and you spend 20 grand on software subscriptions and other expenses to do your business you've got 80 grand of profit before tax so you would be flagging the super you know that 10% on the 80k not on the gross earnings so there's there's no right or wrong amount uh, everyone's situation is different. I would suggest that you start to get some advice from your accountant and advisor because we know that we can only put up to 25 grand a year into super as that 15% contributions tax and then claim that a year. So do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. feel like, well, you've got 25 grand a year that you can claim on tax and put into super. Sorry, I'm really slouching now in my lounge. Um, but there are provisions if you don't do it One year in 2018, the government brought in uh, the catch-up contributions. So if you miss one year, you can do 50 grand the next, Mm. but you can't have a super balance of over $500,000. So once you really start getting uh, wings happening with your business, you need to make sure you've got a good accountant, good advisor to really help you uh, be strategic. Because Scott Young from Altus, my accountant, like I've got a a planning meeting with him next week. Mm. Now, I think as a small business owner, once you really start to get happening, you just always that one eye on now, one eye on the future. And it does mean paying for advice. And as a business owner, I don't think you should be shy of paying for advice no. because people pay you for your crap. So <laughs> yeah, don't no, be shy. Absolutely. Um, I'm no, starting to rant. Do you want any final thoughts, John, on the super thing?
2: No, look, it's um it's just something that needs to be in the mix. If you're if you're working for the man then it's just or woman, it's um generalized nine and a half percent anyway. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. But if you are self employed then it's just gotta work for you. So you just need to know your numbers to begin with to see whether it's going to be feasible. I just thought buffers. of
1: something else and I'll probably yeah, and you kind of just touched on it, you gotta know your numbers. Like if you're if you're like, Oh, I'm paying myself fifteen percent super and I'm still trying to save for a house. Maybe it is. Well, let's just drop back the super to ten yeah. percent, and that's and where that
2: do. those wealth magnets come into play. Like yeah, super well, donors. it's all about balance, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, all right, my friends, and thank you so much, everyone. If you are enjoying my Millennial Money uh, and you listen on Apple, I would really appreciate a review, and uh, you can click that five star review, leave us a nice little comment, tell John hi on the comments, and then we'll know that we. Uh, that you did it from this episode. <laughs> and if,
2: uh, if you're listening from a Samsung, you're epic. All right. because mm. mm. I wear one.
1: Yes, you wear a Samsung.
2: I wear one to bed.
1: You wear one to bed.
2: i <laughs> a Samsung T-shirt.
1: Yeah, nice. All right, I've got
0: to bounce. See ya. See ya.